0: You're listening to A Daffodil for Your Thoughts, a show where we speak to leaders across multiple industries to gather their views and advice on prominent themes and topics within the workplace. Welcome to Single Steps, Fred. It's really, really exciting to have Frederica van der Bosch with us today. Fortunate for me because I've worked with this amazing woman for quite a while and uh, have always admired her ability to lead with empathy, and she's been kind enough to come on the show and talk to us about building a culture of empathy within an organization. Uh, before I carry on, Fred, how are you and how are things in Netherlands?
1: Thanks for having me, Annie. Great seeing you again and speaking to you again. Yeah, I really miss uh, working together in Malaysia and Singapore. I've been really yeah. well. Uh, of course, not too happy with the lockdown situation, but um, yeah, making an effort to adjust. <laughs> And I, I think <laughs> it, it works so far. It's not always easy, I'll be honest, but um, yeah, I, I'm very blessed to find myself with plenty of work, um, having my health, um, my family is healthy. So I think those are the basics that are uh, that, yeah that are really, really important, and not, this is not the case for everyone. I'm
0: very well aware. Well, I guess that's what I've always admired about you, Fred. Super humble for someone that's done so much so many interesting things. Uh, But before we carry on, uh, just a bit of an intro. So, Fred, you've obviously got extensive experience in the world of talent assessments. You've done a lot of work in cultural assimilation, worked with executive leaders, uh, and have have a really global experience. I think you've worked in so many different parts of the world. Uh, If I remember correctly, Africa, a bit of Southeast Asia, and then obviously in Europe. Um, and so thanks for spending the time to talk to us today about uh, building a culture of empathy within an organization. But if I could just kind of ask you a question, Fred, what does empathy within an organization actually look like?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question, Annie, and it's not a very not necessarily very easy question to answer. And um, well, if I think about uh, stepping into an organization where I find that's, empathy is really part of the culture. Typically, it's something that I feel first before uh, truly realizing that that's what's going on. I think it's something that you observe in the way people behave, in the way they um, present themselves. Um, I think empathy has a lot to do with uh, people feeling comfortable bringing their person, their individual, their personality, their emotions, everything that's part of them to work. And of course, it doesn't have to be there all the time, uh, but they're comfortable doing that. So I think that that sense of comfort of showing themselves uh, is there. And there's also a comfort in asking questions and showing interest in one another. And there's... I think a sense of curiosity to learn about how other people are doing and what their thoughts are,
0: what their ideas are. It's interesting how you say curiosity. Is that like, uh, like I would say, like the building blocks towards actually uh, having that uh, culture of empathy within the organization, having the curiousness to really kind of ask somebody how they're doing or what's going on? Would you say that's a big part of it?
1: Absolutely, and uh, I think. The building block to that building block would even be curiosity to uh, focus on oneself, really yeah. understanding and knowing, so what's going on in me, right? How am I doing? Uh, what bre- what am I bringing to work today? And also recognizing that that won't be the same every day. And at times it will be very positive uh, with lots of drive, uh, lots of success uh, ultimately as well. And there will be days that are quite different and understanding And also recognizing that those differences will be there is, yeah, it's not something that you can just change. And it's something that everyone faces in the work situation. So I think once you can include all those different aspects in yourself, it makes it a hell of a lot easier uh, to (laughs) also include that in others, right? So if you exclude, like, well, I'm not really, I'm not as driven as I normally am. If you're excluding that in yourself it makes it very difficult to then uh, have a good conversation with one of your direct reports who's not as motivated (laughs) as they normally are, right? Because that's that's not allowed to be there. So including all those different aspects in yourself and then also in others helps to, yeah, free up that curiosity. And um, and that supports also really... um, I think, having good relationships in the workplace.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting how you say that self-inclusion element of it, right? Because Mm -hmm. I guess currently now everything's changed, correct? I mean, I don't know what my day is going to look like tomorrow. You're not sure what your day is going to look like tomorrow, considering what's happening. At this point of time, especially the way our lives have been appended, I mean, we're playing so many different roles at one particular time, right? We're we're having Mm -hmm. a client meeting and then... We're attending to, 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 to a kid or we're attending to a parent or we're attending to, uh, uh, a wife or a husband or whatever it might be. And, sure. and you know, at the same point, you've got a very demanding stakeholder on the other hand, kind of asking you for something urgently, but you just need some time to react and sort of say, which, which is priority, right? Uh, mm-hmm. cause the lines are so blood. And I think when we're in these situations, we just expect other people to understand our current situation. Mm-hmm. So is, is there a particular way to kind of actually uh, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and kind of think about how they would view the situation? Um, that's a good question. I think uh,
1: the first thing that comes to my mind is there's also a bit of a risk right uh, <laughs> it's good to put yourself in someone else's shoes but you're never going to get it completely right you're I'm never sure. going to truly understand how the other person feels or looks at a situation or you, you won't even be able to imagine all the things that are going on in their life so that's where the curiosity comes in and the asking questions comes in um, yeah. but I think it can help to reflect from or Uh, place yourself in someone else's shoes and reflect on the relationship that you have together so to make our collaboration effective Mm -hmm. uh, what would i like to see happen in this collaboration in this relationship and then make sure to offer that and to start that dialogue Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but i think also be respectful and recognize that the other person cannot fully understand your situation uh, by uh, when you're not discussing it, and even then, uh, when you're not living your life, it's difficult to fully
0: comprehend what it's like. But I guess the question then becomes: uh, Would would you say this is like HR's role to facilitate these conversations and build this culture of empathy, or would you say it kind of comes in partnership with you know uh, the HR heads and the leadership team working together to to ensure that this is achieved?
1: I, I think this is not something that you can just uh, put with HR. I think HR can definitely play an important role. Yeah. Um, and also creating a culture of empathy, I think there's no business where there's no empathy. Yeah, and There's somewhere in the organization where there's people who have strong abilities in demonstrating empathy. Yeah. And it's just also making sure that those people uh, get the attention they deserve if empathy is something that you want to make a pillar in your culture. And again, I think by leaders also demonstrating uh, the, the right behaviors. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's very difficult to create cultural change by just talking about it, right? We want you to show more empathy. Yeah. and. If that has not happened before, it, it's it's not going to happen. I think leaders really can play such an important role. And also a, a very important role lies with uh, those people who have strong skills in this area and them being recognized. Yeah. yeah. And then fourth, HR can definitely play a role in facilitating uh, good conversations, right? Where we hear mm-hmm. from everyone. And I think a very interesting uh, methodology uh, that can be used for this is deep democracy. I'm not sure if you've heard mm.
0: of this. Please see uh, the
1: Yeah, uh, deep democracy is a method. Um, I, I think it, it, the, the founding father, so to say, is uh, Arnold Mandel, an American uh, guy, and it was further developed in South Africa. Uh, okay. And um, it's a very interesting method where that uh, supports uh, good decision making and uh, creating strong commitment to those decisions by making sure that you involve uh, or incorporate the wisdom of the minority minority perspective to -hmm. the majority decision. Right. And basically what you do, um, or there's a few key factors, I think, in deep democracy. One is that it's not about hearing from everyone around the table.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's about making sure that you hear all perspectives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the focus yeah. is on the ideas. It's not on the people.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that can make it easier for people to uh, feel a bit more free in talking. Yeah. And and it's not about, because sometimes you see this happen, right, that one uh, uh, perspective is shared and everyone kind of repeats it just to make sure uh, that they've been heard. And and this methodology uh, finds ways of people being able to show their support for a statement without having to repeat it all the time. And then a facilitator makes a conscious effort to go and find perspectives that are different. So who yeah. else has something to add to what we've already heard and who, uh, who can share something that's completely different from what we've heard even, Yeah. right? So also really yeah. setting the scene that it's important that we um, get a wide variety of mm. uh, perspectives and yeah. that, that will ultimately help all of us, right? Getting to better decisions. Well, and then there's a vote. Uh, so we do go with majority decision but then often in businesses, it stops, right? Okay, so this is what we do. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Uh, in the deep democracy method, it doesn't stop there. Um, mm. The next step after the majority decision is to recognize um, towards a minority um, that we're not going with their preferred option. Like, yeah. sorry for that. So we know that you'll most likely be... Um, yeah, dissatisfied or sad or not at least not happy right that we're not yeah. going your uh, suggestion and what would you need to be able to commit to the majority mm. deci- decision? So you t- yeah you take some more time uh, to fine-tune and to come up with additional ideas to make sure that the minority can also fully commit, to the strategic direction or the, that particular decision that has been uh, yeah. taken.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting because um, I think in so many uh, occasions you would get certain fairly, uh, I would say, influential voices that kind of overpower uh, the other voices in the room who, like you say, may have very mm-hmm. strong ideas, may have Uh, you know extremely um, I would say timely suggestions as well for you know what's what's the right way forward and I think sometimes these voices aren't heard Um, and and like you say at many times they may actually be no kind of acknowledgement of the fact that hey by the way this is the direction and just kind of get on board with it right but what do you do with those that are, are struggling to get on board with it but I guess the last question I have for you before I let you go is you know, currently, I guess now we live in a pretty, I would say, a very diverse world where we've got, you know, multiple nationalities, different genders, um, different opinions, different upbringings, which which are kind of and different generations within the workforce, right? Um, mm-hmm. And everybody has their idea of doing things or their methodology or preferred way of doing things. But um, what can we all do ourselves to kind of appreciate that diversity, and and really kind of understand it from a from a grassroots level, like uh, to kind of really understand if if I was an individual working in that capacity, what could I do to really kind of make sure, uh, you know, I, I really get the best out of that situation.
1: Great question. Um, I think uh, to really strip it down and to uh, go really back to the basics is to really see if you can trigger your own curiosity. So what can I learn in this situation? What can I learn from this perspective? Um, Often what we are inclined to look for is, so what do I agree with, right? When I hear other people or what do I recognize? Um, And then we include that and we exclude the bits that we don't recognize or that we don't initially agree with. And often, even when we th- spend a little more time thinking and reflecting on those uh, uh, opinions or ideas, there are still elements that we would be able to recognize. So that's um, that's something yeah. I, I've been trying to do because, of course, I'm also just human <laughs> and I have my prejudices, <laughs> but when I hear uh, statements or opinions that's my initial reaction is to uh, come up with very strong counter arguments. Yeah. Take a step back, back and think. So, what is it that I would be able to recognize in what this person is sharing? And sometimes, it's the underlying concern that I think I recognize. Uh, some. It can be very different things, but when that happens, when I find something I recognize, I feel a lot of space opening up in my mind. It's um, it it creates lots of opportunities. It feels like, and it also feels like there's so much to learn, and we live in such a complex world, right? So, we need all the perspectives that we can find.
0: That is true, Um, and that's really that. I think that that kind of really uh, struck home because uh, it's true. I think sometimes you kind of go in with thinking oh that's a perspective I agree with so it makes sense but actually there's so many other things so many other elements of the conversation that come up if you were just to take a second to pause and really understand why someone's saying a certain thing or why they believe a certain thing so uh, that's really really interesting Um, Mm. and like you say I think we live in a complex world so we, we could all use a bit more perspective in life and in business I'm sure Hey, listen, Fred, it's, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. And thank you so much for being so insightful um, and, and, and for kind of putting me in reflection mode. I really, really would like to thank you for that. Uh, so, so, yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time and adding value to this.
1: My pleasure, Annie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening.
0: We hope this podcast can help in your learning journeys. Check us out on our LinkedIn page, Hedge Asia Consulting. Till next time, keep growing.